are back again at Jump 95 with quality audio. Matt, how's your voice sounding this week? My voice is sounding crystal clear. Baby. Uh, Derek, how about you? How you sounding? I hope great. I hope great, too. I hope we all sound lovely as we continue to uh, learn and grow. And I forgot to hit the Zencast recording button, but we're all recording on our own end, so that's fine. As we all continue to grow and learn how to podcast better, our audio will get better and everybody will be happier. But we will always continue to talk about basketball. That's what Jump 95 is all about. Bunch of boys getting together, cracking some cold ones, talking b-ball. So um, we were discussing before we, we started recording this week that it felt like a little bit of a slow news week in the NBA. We like to go over the the highlights of the week, the topics, the the big headlines that happened. And um Call that our What's Going On segment. Yeah, so there's, I guess there's, there's always stuff happening in the NBA. There's games every night. Sometimes it's boring. I had, I had a boring week. I actually went to an NBA game, but I have, I have that built in later. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's start with big news from last night in the Eastern Conference. The Miami Heat beat the Sixers, gave the Sixers the first home loss of the season, I believe. Um, the Heat have now beat 76ers, Bucks, and Raptors at home this season, and uh, they're looking good. I-, I think we've talked the last couple weeks about the Heat. They are a, a good-ass team, and I'm-, I'm thoroughly enjoying them. Derek did come prepared last week with only good things to say about the Heat. Yeah. It It's just been exciting. I never thought they would be as good as they are, and I, I can't stop watching them. I'm loving every guy on the team. They're they're a deep squad. They're not just Jimmy Buckets dominating. Can you remind me what their starting lineup is? Ooh, I don't know if I can name it off the top of my head. Pull, pull it up. All right. I'll get it real quick. I know Drogic is coming off the bench right now, so it's, uh, it's Butler, Adebayo, yep. uh, Duncan Robinson. Well, they usually start Justice Winslow, but he's been hurt most of the year. So they've kind of been rotating some different guys in and out of there. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else is in the lineup. Hero I comes think, off the bench. Does he? I say I. I don't know if he comes off the bench. I know for a fact that it's Jimmy. It's um, Adebayo that's starting. I can't find a damn starting lineup. I love Bam Adebayo. Save my life. Yeah, oh, Myers Leonard has been starting, and so is Nunn. And Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn looking good. Put up 23 points, I believe, last night, or 26 points last night against the uh, Sixers. Highest score, making them look good. Eastern Conference is going to be a lot more fun than I think we all believed to begin with. Well, yeah, that was actually that actually leads into a, another point that I kind of have on my notes here. Have you looked at the Eastern Conference standings lately? It's close. I know they're all really, really close. Like one loss bumps you down a couple spots, things like that. The second seed through the sixth seed is separated by less than a game. Like it's kind of weird because everybody's played different amounts of games so far. So like the second seed. Is a half game up on uh, the third seed, but the third seed is closer to the first seed than the second seed. But it's unreal how close this competition is. Yeah, I had no clue until the Pacers beat the Lakers, and then I checked into how they were doing and saw how close this Eastern Conference is. Do you guys have any opinions about the Pacers? Because I think that that's a basketball team we have literally not said a word about on our podcast so far. I might have just said Pacers for the first time on this podcast. Probably the first time this season, to be honest. Yeah, could be. I mean, without Oladipo. They have an interesting team because they let Bogdanovich walk to the Jazz in the offseason. They brought in Brogdon from the Bucks, and he's kind of come into his own. 
Sabonis has been blowing up, but Miles Turner is kind of like taking a step back, and they're just waiting for Oladipo to get back too. So it's kind of a they're that two seed right now at eighteen and seven. The Pacers are the six seed at nineteen and nine. So they're a half game behind that two seed. We've talked much, much more about teams like the Orlando Magic and the Washington Wizards. That might just be because those are our favorite teams of all time, but barely said a single word about the Pacers, and they look good, I guess. I, I haven't watched much highlights of them. I, I, I keep hearing I, everything I'm repeating about the Pacers I've heard from either TV shows or other podcasts talking about them. I just, I don't, maybe I'm not a good enough NBA fan. I don't care to really watch them because they seem to do this, seem to be a really good, hard-working Indiana team. And then in the playoffs, they put up a good fight, but who are they even a threat to win anything by any means? Like when it comes down to a league that's built on stars with Giannis and even Jimmy Butler and those players, like aren't they always going to take, they're going to take a playoff series, generally speaking, over a, a really hard working team like the Pacers. So I don't know. Well, I mean, they were really good with Oladipo before he got hurt, but kind of like Brogdon is a whole new piece. It hasn't played with Oladipo yet, so it'll be interesting how they fit together in the backcourt. But that, I mean, the winning percentage they're having right now, I mean, it's it's like a 55-win team right now that they're playing like without Oladipo. So, yeah, absolutely, they can make some noise. They actually haven't made it out of the first round in the Eastern Conference uh, since 2014. They have four consecutive first-round exits from the Eastern Conference playoffs with uh, McMillan and Vogel, who's actually with the Lakers now. So, I mean, it goes all the way back to the Paul George days where they've just been, like, good but not great. Like, they've literally had, like, they've had 35 or more wins all but, like, one year out of the last, like, 30. Wow. They just happen to keep being in the same conference as LeBron James and keep having to deal with him every year. If it weren't for Sabonis, I would not know anything about the Pacers. And I learned way more about the Pacers from what Derek has just told me about the Pacers. (laughs) They're just a team that hasn't been on my radar at all. Probably how before this season, before I was a Wizards super fan, the Wizards were. Well, I will tell you that uh, they do have one of my favorite players in the league coming off their bench. Tell me about him. Doug McDermott. Oh, Dougie Dougie McBuckets? Dougie McBuckets. Man, one of the best nicknames in the NBA. I mean, he's actually playing well for him, too. Coming off the bench, 21 minutes a game, almost 10 points, shooting 47% behind the arc. Now, is he related to Dylan McDermott, the actor? Yes. He had a guest spot on 90210. Oh, wow. Congrats to you, Dougie. Multifaceted. Wait, is he really I'm or lying. Are you I'm me? lying. <laughs> you serious, Clark? Great reference. Good luck. Shout out to the Pacers. We'll talk about you again if you beat another team that's good in about three months. If not, we'll see you later. Uh, <laughs> as we're recording in about 40 minutes, one of the biggest uh, biggest games of the season so far is about to go on. Lakers versus Bucks. This is not a pick em. Um Both teams coming in, trying to break a losing streak. After they're both just on huge streaks, they they both dropped a game on their own. Lakers, like we were saying to the Pacers, the Bucks lost to the Lucas Mavericks. Um, first off, Matt, are you still a fan of the Mavericks without Luca? Is it as fun to watch, or are you kind of hoping to just kind of wait until he comes back? Anybody will tell you that it's not as fun to watch. That's just factual because Luca's been playing just crazy basketball, but. What I do enjoy is that it's giving the 
other players a chance to realize that somebody needs to step up and maybe it'll give them a little kick in the ass when Luca comes back. It'll be like, hey, he doesn't need to do everything. Granted, I mean, he wasn't. But, I mean, this is the first time all year I hear anybody on big news uh, stations, social media channels talking about Seth Curry yeah. coming off the bench. Like, you haven't even heard his name, and then I do now that Luca is out. I was just about to say, shout out to Seth Curry. Put up 26 points and 20 points in the last two games. 50% from three. The only Curry mm-hmm. currently playing in the NBA. Yep. Gotta love him. Yeah, it, it's funny. Like, I mean, we kind of talked about the Mavs as, an, as a rising team throughout the year, especially since it's Matt's, like, man crush right now of uh, Luca. So, like, today I was sitting down, like, thinking... Uh, it was kind of more related to my Grizzlies thinking, like, who could use Jonas Valanciunas on their team right now? And the Grizzlies also have Iguodala waiting to trade, too. So, like, I was thinking the Mavs would be great fit for both of them because they don't really have a true, like, big guy. And obviously any contending team would want to add Iguodala. But they don't really have much to trade because they can't trade a first-round pick until 2025 because they sent their 2021 and 2023 to New York for Porzingis. I feel like that Porzingis trade was looking better for Dallas before it actually happened in the sense that Porzingis has not done in Dallas what I thought he was going to do in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, he's coming off an injury. I will say it takes it takes time. Yeah, it takes time to come back from injury. Just think of what like Hayward looked like last year for yeah, the Celtics true. after he, it's a good point. he broke his leg. But I mean, uh, and then this year he, he came out, I mean, before breaking his hand, it was just running roughshod but with Luca out Kristaps has kind of started playing like I think you probably expected at least in the I first would put him game. in the same category as Seth yeah somebody who's getting some notoriety at least versus, more than they were versus the Bucks I mean Kristaps hit those two massive three-pointers at the end of the game yeah. honestly that win against the Bucks will bring all of the Mavs players that aren't Luca into the limelight for a second yeah, 26, 12, four assists, two blocks, made four threes, played a heck of a game against the Bucks. Yep. What do you the guys think is going to happen tonight with Lakers versus Bucks? Uh, is do we know if AD's playing tonight? I don't know. That's been confirmed. Um that's probably going to make a huge difference if when they're playing, but um Lakers coming to Milwaukee. Do the Lakers really care? Oh, actually, it looks like Anthony Davis is is a go tonight. So, it should be both both stars playing against the Bucks. Who are you guys going to pick? This is an unofficial pick but who are you going to pick tonight? I don't like picking against Giannis, but I do think the Lakers will take this. The numbers, statistically, that are being put up between LeBron and AD, as well as the ball you see the Lakers team as a whole playing when you watch their games, it looks hard to stop. And I know that the Bucks are a decently deep team, but... I don't see them being able to bring that to a halt enough to get this W. Well, it is in Milwaukee, so I am leaning Bucks. Uh, they are favored by three and a half points, or Bucks minus three and a half. <laughs> you gotta speak like that. Make sure that I can understand <laughs> what you're saying. But yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, Kuzma's out for them right now, correct? And uh, I think Rondo is at least day to day. The Bucks, The Bucks are running at 100% right now, as far as I know. It would be nice if they could get more shooting out of their front court because, I mean, Brooke Lopez hasn't shot the ball as well as he did last year. But, I mean, Middleton's been great. Uh, DiVincenzo stepped up huge for them off the bench this year. They, Like you said, they have a really deep team. 
They they have no Giannis is the only person playing over thirty minutes a game, and yeah. it's just barely doing for that him. load management style. Twenty eight minutes a game, blow out a team, then take a break. the The Bucks blew up the Clippers last time. The I think the Clippers were in town. They beat them by thirty something points. So I would still lean towards the Lakers. I think I think AD can. If anybody's going to be able to try and to stop Giannis in the paint, I think a combination of AD and maybe. Dwight Howard up points. Uh, I don't know. I, I really think the Lakers are going to pull it off. I think the Lakers want it more. The Lakers are playing like really trying to win playoff basketball style right now. Like all their games are trying really, really hard for the most part, at least for a quarter <laughs> where they, they have to win. But when it's a big game, like when they played the Heat last week, they stepped up and played good. Basically, the only big game it felt like they lost was against the Clippers opening night. But I put my money on LeBron and, and AD. So we got to wrap this up before that, before that game starts so we can all watch it <laughs> last well uh, yeah well maybe last one or two news segments um what do you guys think about kevin garnett my favorite basketball t- player of all time saying that the 2010 celtics broke lebron and uh the cavaliers he said he said some of the dumbest stuff i've ever heard agreed completely <laughs> so fill me in because i only i only saw the headlines i didn't really dive into more of the shit that he said well he basically said that the celtics ran lebron out of cleveland and broke him and that it was really soft of him to go team up with people in miami and that him and ray allen and paul pierce and ray john rondo would never team up with lebron like that Even so that's literally what they did uh yeah that's first off that's literally what they did in boston to start <laughs> uh-huh. off so yeah they did drive lebron to miami but it was because they teamed up first so i don't see how they can call that a soft mentality when they did it and he also said that Rondo wouldn't like do stuff like that, but he's on LeBron's team right oh, yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> the Celtics get attack a lot of shit for winning one championship. Like they, they just they hold on to that so long. That's all they want to talk about. Also, you're talking about four. Like Rondo wasn't as much then, but you're talking about some veteran players who team up to stop a kid who's 25 years old. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you have to get past him. Yeah, it's, it's they're all bull. It's like a high schooler bullying like an elementary school kid. Like beat. Damon Jones was on the Cavs in 2008. The, the thing that annoys me is that the Cavs weathered the Celtics storm. Like they won the finals in 08, and then 08 09, they lost to the Magic in the Eastern Conference semis. 09 10, we, we rolled the Celtics that entire year. They only won 50 games. They were washed. Like they were done. Like it, it, was, it was right before Rondo transitioned to become their best player. Like, KG started to always get hurt. They picked up Rasheed Wallace as a last-ditch effort to like stay relevant. And the Cavs just stomped them however many times they played in the regular season. Just absolutely destroyed them. And then in the playoffs, LeBron fell apart. And the Celtics got the last laugh in that era. And that infuriates me that they can turn around and say that. Because the Cavs weathered the yeah. storm and they were better than the Celtics. Correct. Yeah. There, there's that whole reason that... Uh, even if you see on uh, any national broadcast where Paul Pierce is on and they bring up something about how good LeBron is, Paul Pierce will downplay that every day because Paul Pierce obviously does not like LeBron James because he was a speed bump in Paul Pierce's career. Paul Pierce did not look like as good of a player because he wasn't getting the recognition because he's playing the same role LeBron was in the same division, but worse. Nowhere near as well. Nowhere near the same capability that LeBron was. Yeah. I, the thing is, is I love Kevin Garnett. I love I love Timberwolves Kevin Garnett. When he went to the Celtics, I didn't follow as much. I mean, obviously, he's been a kind of a dummy. 
he says dumb stuff. He 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 thinks he's the greatest player, and I think that's kind of how NBA players operate: is they they're cocky and loud. Kevin Garnett just happens to say all of it, and he's talking to Bill Simmons, who loves the Celtics and is annoying as hell when it comes to talking about the Celtics too. So it's just a big giant circle jerk of them all talking about how great they are. But ah, uh, I I think we just take it with a grain of salt. I, I, the thing is, is when LeBron was twenty five, this might have bothered him. He's in his seventeenth season. Kevin Garnett's out of the league. Paul Pierce is out of the league. Rondo's on his team. LeBron's still dominating. So I think LeBron gets the last laugh in the end of it. Like, I think he kind of, <laughs> he, he figured it out after the fact. He went to the Heat. Ray Allen followed him there. So I don't know. Yeah, let, let's be honest. Uh, I'm clearly not a LeBron guy, but the Celtics, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Rajon Rondo, Ray Allen, they are footnotes yeah. in LeBron's yeah. career. They are they, they, facts. That's it. They they're are uh, they're a speed bump that he looks back on and then transition to be one an even better basketball player post that series and in those series. Uh, they didn't force him to Miami. Miami had the best thing you could have given LeBron at the time, and that was a coach who knew what the hell he was doing. Where Cleveland had Mike Brown to offer, and Miami had Pat Riley. Like, who wouldn't want to play for Pat Riley? Well, Pat Riley was just the president. Spolster was the coach, and LeBron tried to run him out of town after yeah. the first year. But Spolster is obviously stuck around. But you don't, he is you don't think coach. Pat Riley had a lot to do with LeBron going where he did? Oh, he absolutely did. But I mean, they 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 even planned they planned on teaming up back at the Olympics previous to that. So it had nothing to do with the Celtics knocking yes, them out of exactly. the playoffs. That team up was in the works well before LeBron started shooting left handed free throws against the Celtics. Oh, let's not let's not go there. Yeah, let's move on. Let's get our last little bit of news. I I think this is news, though I don't know much about college basketball. James Wiseman, who is attending Memphis University, supposed to be probably the number one pick, people are saying, though like college basketball has not really started. I don't know. Um he's not even gonna he's not gonna attend. There's been a lot of um controversy, like with him taking money. He was supposed to be suspended for a long time at the beginning of the season. He's now just He's not going to attend the university. He's going to sign with an agent and begin preparing for the 2020 NBA draft. My question to you guys is, is this kind of the future until the NCAA gets their shit together? Like, is this what's going to happen? Are they going to be, we're going to see this more often. Are players going to be one of the other players that everybody's talking about in the draft, though I don't think he's as good as he, he is. LaMelo Ball is not attending college. He's doing his own thing, playing in Australia, played in, where the fuck was he before that? Ukraine? Lithuania. Lithuania? (laughs) It was Lithuania. Nobody wants that. So is this what's going to happen? Nobody wants a ball on their team because of Lamar. Lamar. Big big ball is on Lamar. Lamar. He's such a negative that people won't draft his sons. Well, I mean, to be fair, what's his name? Lonzo did go second, but now now he's in New Orleans where he just is in obscurity, and I haven't heard a single thing about Lamar Ball, so... Maybe he's learned his lesson, but maybe he's in Australia with Lamelo. Or yeah, maybe he's in Australia with Lamelo. Leangelo is the other one. I don't know where he is. Is he still in jail in China? He was only for a couple days. I don't think he's that good. I don't think his dad even thinks he's that good. I, I don't think he's expected to be anything. But no, what do you I'm guys pretty think? sure. I, I'm pretty sure I even remember an article where like Lavar said something. He's like, "Only two of you are going to make it." 
That's parenting at its finest, man. Jesus. What a hero. Come on. What what are the chances you have three sons and they're all NBA players? He's just playing the odds. Only two of you are going to make it. That's still pretty. He's still putting a lot of pressure. 66% of my children need to be playing professional basketball. Do you guys have any opinions on NCAA college stuff? Whether this is a good thing for the NBA, bad thing, or... I think the NBA is missing an opportunity right now to expand the G League. Correct. Yeah. Because guys can play in the G League straight out of high school. Make, and make some money. And, and, and then they're draft eligible the following year. The problem is they don't pay as much. But how, how interested would you be in a G League team if they were bringing in the top players out of high school every single year? Like, yeah, it, it can't charge her right down the road. Why wouldn't I go to a, a cheap game over there where I can see the guys who are going to be top draft picks the next year? Playing with yeah. Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> playing with Kendrick Perkins and Nate Robinson, I think, was playing in the G League a couple of years ago. Yeah, there's always random old guys. But honestly, that might even push those guys out and just increase the the play. And then who knows, you start to get the top players there, then maybe you start to get the top coaches there too. Because right now it's kind of like an entry-level position. but. I mean, who knows? Maybe you start getting like that that regional type stuff where like, hey, maybe like some of these top college coaches start transitioning over to the G League. Who knows? But yeah, I think the NBA is missing an opportunity to. I mean, I think they make like thirty five, fifty thousand. But isn't that more than like they're making the, at college anyway? I mean, you're technically put making zero dollars in college, but you're on the technically TV. Technically, they the are, time. but the, there's more. There's notoriety for going to college. Well, yeah, there's publicity. notoriety for it. That there's something to be said for like, ooh, you went to Duke. You get on TV. Oh, you went to Ohio State. People know yeah. your name. Yeah, the G League is not televised. Well, it is, but it's tougher to find than you're not finding G League games on ESPN or anything. And yeah, so I, like I'm saying, like increase the salary, maybe make it a hundred thousand, or at least allow guys to be paid that much if they want to be, or if like the teams want to pay them. We'll see. We'll see if it plays out for them. I mean. Trying to avoid injury, I guess, not dealing with the bull- the bullshit of NCAA. Who knows if we'll still be talking about him as a number one pick uh, as time comes around. But as we're just talking about our good friend uh, LeVar Ball, I think it's now time to enter. It's big baller zone, boys. Who wants to go zone. first with their big ballers? Matt, I'm very intrigued by yours. I would love to hear your big baller of the week. Uh-oh, My big baller big of the ball week zone. is. Whoever is behind the design of the Brooklyn Nets basketball court. Interesting. You guys have you guys seen the new one? The like the grayscale one? Yes. This court looks good. And I'm telling you, it has people talking about basketball and talking about the aesthetic of basketball who normally wouldn't even go near that kind of talk. It's a very interesting choice. And I think it's bringing my attention to a team that I haven't followed since they traded away one of my favorite point guards. Um, I really believe that this is the work of a true artistic genius. Shout out Big Baller, whoever is behind the design of the Brooklyn Nets court. I will say I was at the Staples Center. I went to see Clippers versus Suns this week. And the Clippers have a very similar style. Not exactly the same as Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn's is like really, really gray, but mm-hmm. the Clippers had like a kind of black and white looking court and it looked pretty damn good in person. So maybe this is the way to go. Colors used to be cool. And then we have the Mavericks doing whatever they're doing with their jerseys, but it's like black and white might be the way to go. 
Derek, how's your big baller this week? Is it some guy that painted something? Uh, it is not somebody who painted something. Although, actually, I guess I shouldn't say that. I don't know what his hobbies are. Don't put him in a box. But I have uh, actually already mentioned to my big baller. I've already mentioned my big baller on the broadcast already. And uh, it's Dante DiVincenzo uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, he actually didn't have any big scoring games this week. He only played two games, had five points in one of them, 15 in the other. But in their game against Dallas, uh, he had five points, 10 rebounds, and nine assists. Ended up averaging 10 points, seven and a half rebounds, six and a half assists, and three steals this week because he had Damn. three in each game that they played. I've liked him since he was at Villanova. I'm a big Jay Wright guy. Uh, read his book probably two, three times. Uh, he was the big hero when they won the 2018 National Championship. And uh, so far this year, he's averaging. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. He actually came off the bench on that team. Gotcha. So all those uh, young players out there, listen, worried about whether or not they're starting. Uh, he was the 17th pick in the draft, I think, just after coming off the bench on a national championship team. So And playing for uh, he's the average, best teams in the league now. Yeah. He's averaging about nine points a game this season, just under two steals, 21 minutes a game off the bench, shooting, playmaking, toughness. Basically, he's just another Villanova guard. I mean, Kyle Lowry shows it too. Jalen Brunson on uh, Matt's Mavs. Uh, all just good Villanova guys. So, yeah, you said you're a big fan. of. You said Jay Wright. Is that the Villanova coach? Yeah. I don't know anything about college basketball and coaching. Like, do these, those guys you just mentioned, do they have like a similar style of play because of their coach? Is it? How do you identify, like, oh, I like them because they're from Villanova, or is it just because you know the coach? Uh, I know the coach. I know the style that he coaches. They run a lot of dribble drive stuff. He's always run uh, multi-guard lineups. Uh, I mean, I remember even one year, like, literally he had, like, four guys who could be considered point guards, like, in his regular lineup. I love the Coach Derek view of these kind of things. This is top-tier content. That's why I'm trying to pick his brain, because I don't know shit about this. Yeah, I remember when they won the national championship, like, Jay Wright's always been, like, one year ahead of, like, the trends. Like, now, like, it's common knowledge. Like, yeah, you need to be shooting a lot of spot-up threes. But they rained threes that season. And I remember, I even have the stats somewhere in, like, a notebook somewhere. uh, Because I went to a coaching clinic, and Jeff Young, who is the coach at Walsh University, uh, out in your guys' neck of the woods. Uh, he was talking about shooting because Walsh University is a great shooting team. And a lot of the stuff was stuff he took from Villanova, some of the drills he did, some of the like the ideologies. And like 90% of Villanova's threes that year were catch and shoot. It was all catch and shoot, catch and shoot, catch and shoot. They didn't try to do anything off the dribble. Like, yeah, they, they dribble drove, but then they looked to kick the shooters. They weren't trying to shoot like, they made like five threes off the dribble in the entire tournament. Damn, Matt, Matt, if it was just you and me on this podcast, it would be, it would we would not have as deep content think? as coach Derek brings to the team. I remember we'd be like, wow, that court looks really cool. You just look it up. <laughs> no, I mean, that would be the extent of our conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going back to it because you liked it. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Derek talked too good. much about smart shit. Let's talk about pretty pictures. No, I was. When I was living with Coach Derek, I remember when you were talking about your scouting report of high school basketball teams, and it was more in-depth than I knew about any NBA team. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, this guy knows the game. It's a real Inside blessing. and out. Blessing to have you. It, it helps Derek. I just have, like, a crazy memory. Yeah? Like. I don't remember shit. Yeah, like, I could literally tell you, the, like, basically the starting lineup for every single team in our league. In the NBA? <laughs> no, the 
No, it's high school league. The high school oh, okay. high school league. <laughs> okay, so tell me who's the starting lineup for Lake High School right now? Are they in your league? They're not in my uh, league. I don't know. I don't even. We don't play that. I don't know any of the teams that are in your league. Greens in your league, right? No. <laughs> Fuck. This is great content. They're in the federal league with Lake. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Well, my big baller of the week was also mentioned at some point in this podcast. Uh, can't stop talking about him. Talking about the Heat. Bam out of bio is my uh my my goddamn I, big baller of the week. For sure you were picking Bertans. I was no. gonna be so happy. <laughs> we can't talk about Davis Bertans anymore. Davis Bertans. He keeps getting better though. He's, he's better. playing unreal ball. He's the most feared man in the NBA. You can quote quote us on that. Okay, but, sorry uh, to interrupt you. No, yeah. it's okay. I went with Bam Bam. Edris Femi Adebayo is his actual name. Um, but his his nickname is Bam. Are you sure that's not Idris? I love Bam. probably Idris, probably not Edris. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Bam as well too. I was watching highlights of the game that they played last night against the Sixers, and what I really like about him is he's not just a oop guy. Like he he caught the ball in the elbow a couple times. This is me trying to do my my coach Derek impression. He had some good passes. He's not just. <laughs> I've already lost it. He had some uh, good passes. He's had good at passing. So good, passes. good at basketball. He ran up and down the court. He did real good a couple His times. Shoes remained tied the whole game. I don't, I don't know if I can say that because I watched the short 10-minute version. There might have been a time when he lost his shoe. After watching the Heat for a while and seeing Hassan Whiteside, who is just total garbage, he was there for a long time. He now got shipped off to Portland to play with good old Carmelo. Um, I am really happy to see Bam Adebayo playing as well as he is. He's killing it. Jimmy Butler said after the game against the Sixers, they were kind of trying to ask Jimmy in the interview, like, so what's it like playing with one all-star? And he goes, who, who are you talking about? You mean Bam Adebayo? So he's obviously enjoying him. I love it. He's putting up really good points, but he's really he's just playing really, really good basketball. So that's my big baller of the week. I feel much stupider going after Derek, so I'm going to have to go ahead of him from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, turn your, no, turn your I, Twitter alerts on because um, Jump95 Derek is tweeting in all caps, Bertans. <laughs> Very no, topical. No, that, that was not so me. He's tweeting at uh, you? That's actually my... That's actually my boy Kyle Ripley last night while Bertans was going off on the Bulls is the only good player on Matt's team last night. Kyle messaged me on Twitter just Bertans, and I thought it was relevant to our big baller conversation. Yeah, it should just be big Bertans of the week. Yeah, I, I'm get, we're going to have to retire him from being big baller of the week. First guy to be retired. Hang his jersey in the rafters. End of the year, we can have a big baller Hall of Fame, and I think Davis Bertans a first yeah, ballot Hall of Fame. Hang that jersey up, number retired. I'm going to print out an 8.5 by 11 of Bertans' jersey and hang it in my apartment. I'll, I'll send you a frame of it so it's not just a piece of paper on the wall. Like Make it look... Make it look good. But I want it to hang and kind of blow in the air conditioning. <laughs> like it's retired. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I want to uh, talk about uh, Hayden's big baller, Bam, a little bit. Because I, I liked him a lot coming out of Kentucky. And that college talk. Yeah, like the, he's in his third year. I don't usually like to talk about young players as like most improved because they're supposed to improve. They're young guys. Yeah, for sure. But like he has a real good case this year. He's in his third year. I mean, he's averaging 16 and 11 with five assists. Like, he's a big man averaging five assists, a steal and a half, a block and a half. And, like, everything's up across the board from last year. Big Bam guy over here. Big Bam Big Bam guy. Big Bam guy 2019. Big Bam Margera guy. Uh, Well, since we're talking about Hall of Famer Davis, I keep saying it wrong. Davis Bertans, show some respect. 
Matt, you want to give us any kind of update about the Wizards as long or short as you want? We're trash. We're actually trash. Okay, now it's my turn. I was hoping I was hoping you'd just say no. <laughs> I had to double check. No, I would I don't want to give an update this I week. had to double check that I had some lice all laying around because man, these guys these guys are trash. They stink. Cool. We blew a big lead to the Bulls, for those of you who didn't follow the NBA this week. We blew a lead to the Bulls. Like, we're trash, but the Bulls are also trash. We have no reason to lose a lead to those guys. And you come down to the last 10 seconds of the game, and you give me a foul from Bertans, and you're giving me a foul from Bonga. Can we get Bonga off my team, please? I'll take Bonga. Can we just send him to the G Ship League? Him off to Orlando. Maybe it'll get somebody to watch a G League basketball game if Bonga's down there. And Isaiah? If Isaiah Thomas struggles to get to the rack and throws up some lollipop-ass layup, I don't want to <laughs> see it again because he thinks he can beat somebody off the dribble like he could before he was injured and when he was young. Man, it's hard to watch this game. Thank God we got Bertans. That's our clip this week. You're going to put yeah, on that's a, that's a good uh... lollipop-ass layup needs to be <laughs> in the clip. <laughs> Uh, Matt, I, I don't assume you guys have watched much of God, the Wizards. Why ball. would I? Why would I watch the Wizards? But Isaiah Thomas can't beat anybody to the rack. He thinks he can. And then he just lobs the ball at the hoop. I have a question. So Derek or Matt, if you were playing Isaiah Thomas one-on-one right now and he spotted you nine points and you had to get to 10, do you think you could beat him? Yeah. No, I know I wouldn't, but... <laughs> I think it's a 50-50, whether I get lucky and drain some shots. Is it make it, take it? Uh, make, well, yeah, make it, take it. So uh, all you, need, you only need one All point. you need is one bucket. Well, let's say if it's eight to ten. He spots you, oh, he spots you so eight So you points. don't need to take it. <laughs> wait, I just need one bucket? I think I could take him. You could shoot over him, right? How tall are you, Matt? Uh, hopefully Matt I'll wouldn't. shoot a hook shot. Matt wouldn't. I'll shoot a hook shot. You taller than 5'8", Matt? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay, you're good. Well, I'll, I'll, I will, I'll be in solidarity with you. I'm a Magic fan. Thanks to our coach Derek, uh, Magic have now lost four or five games. The good, the good thing for the week, they did score a season high 130 points, but it was against the Pelicans. So does that really matter? Because they're on a 12 game losing streak. We also blew a lead to the Nuggets. We were up 19 points, I think, in the third quarter or early in the third quarter, and they lost. So I didn't watch as a Magic fan. I didn't even want to watch them very much this week. So I, I caught some highlights. I tried. I tried to care, but man, I don't really care about them at all. So I, I need hey, a break no. from the hey, magic. No. You want the good news? I want good news. You want the good news? You're still the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. I know. I would much rather be the 14th seed at this point than I think than the eighth seed. Because <laughs> it's like, well, what we're doing is kind of working because we're kind of in the playoff race. So I guess we just keep kind of doing what we're doing. And here you go, Nikola Vucevic. Dribble the ball under the hoop again. Miss another layup. I can't believe how ideally this is working out. Like this is when I was picking a team for you and I envisioned what the season would go like. It's this. It is actively like eating you away inside. You're a mastermind, an evil mastermind. Because I'm like, oh, I need to care. Like I want to try and cheer my boys on. Like I love them. I want them to feel good. I want to really try and be a Magic fan. And then I try to watch them and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing it this way? Why is it? Why is a basketball team like this? Who is this for? Their social media is terrible. I can't even like find myself. I've ran through all my comments about like, you go get them, boys, or I love, love you, Jonathan boys. Isaac. Love these boys. I can only do that. <laughs> love these boys. I'll never forget that comment. 
That's when I was a happy Magic fan. Right now, I am not a happy Magic fan, so I don't know. Do you have any, any good news on your front, Derek? Yeah, I, as always, you know I got a lot of stuff. So uh, the Grizzlies are actually playing well right now, which is uh, kind of weird, kind of cool. disorienting. Thanks for, thanks for bragging. Uh, kind of disorienting that uh, my team is playing decently. They've won. Oh, man, I wish I could pick another team for you. They've won four out of their last six. Uh, they did just lose to Oklahoma City last night uh, on Wednesday. Uh, did they blow a big lead, or is that a different game? Uh, I'm not positive whether or not they blew the lead. I did not have a okay. chance to watch last night. Gotcha. But they did lose, but they, they beat Miami on Monday. They beat the Wizards on Saturday, uh, the day that we recorded. They beat Washington, Miami, lost to the Thunder, so solid week. Reasons for optimism, Brandon Clark. Uh, still coming off the bench. He's only playing in like the low twenties minutes per game, but like he's averaging like thirteen and seven on like sixty five percent from the field. Uh, this week specifically, he averaged twenty two a game on almost seventy percent from the field. Morant's back. He's playing really well. Valanciunas was really good this week. A double double on again about seventy percent from the floor. So they're just putting the ball in the bucket at a really high rate. Unfortunately, uh, Jaron Jackson didn't play as well this week. He had two decent games, and then he was in a lot of foul trouble against the Thunder. But uh, the bench really sucks. Bench really, really sucks. And how's Marco Goderich doing? Uh, he actually got a, did not play coach's decision against the Thunder, so things are not going great Ooh. for uh, my original big baller boy. But uh, or the Jump ninety five podcast as a whole. Yeah. But Jay Crowder, uh, still god awful garbage. Uh, he did yeah. last uh, or just this entire month. Uh, however many games they've played in December, he's shooting. Well, I'll let you guys guess. What percentage is he shooting from the floor? 69. 29. Okay, you're not going to get closer than Matt because he's a tenth of a percentage point off. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Job, 20, I went for the comedy guess, though. I'm sorry. 20, 28.9%, and he's averaging 10 shots a game. Like, why are you still shooting, dude? He's driving the he, tank, just like Isaiah Thomas you. is he driving listens, my tank. He listens. He's not doing. He, then he needs to shoot more. <laughs> then he needs to shoot more because they're winning right now. Ten's not enough. But less than ten, more than ten. Our standing has not changed since last week. We're still sitting seventh. Uh, the Wizards are in that sixth spot. Uh, so I was kind of thinking. I mentioned it earlier that I was thinking about possible trades because uh, they've obviously been looking to try and shop Iguodala uh, so they could get some sort of asset for him instead of just cutting him loose and let him sign with an L.A. team, most likely. But Valanchunas, uh, who they just signed over the offseason to an extension, but it's not terribly priced. I think it was like three years, $48 million, which isn't bad at all for a starting big man in this league. Uh, so I was thinking of teams that could use a big and possibly use an, an experienced wing player, too. And the Celtics and the Mavs are the first two teams that popped into my mind. But neither one of them really have any assets. Like the Mavs, like you could almost make the money. You can make the money work with uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee, but why? Why what do the? Why would that? the Grizzlies want those two guys? It'd have to be some guys? kind of pick attached. That, that's yeah, not they would want draft picks. But like I said earlier, the Mavericks can't trade a draft pick until twenty twenty five, and the Celtics, it's it's utterly impossible to make the money work unless they trade Gordon Hayward or Kemba Walker, because both of those guys are making like thirty million. Like everybody important on the Celtics is ma- yeah. making all the money, which makes sense. But if you look around the league, there's always like a random guy on every team that's making like 15 million. Yep. You're like, why is that guy on the yes, roster? Exactly. Shout out Jan Mahimi. 
but the Celtics don't. Everybody that's making money for them is a productive player that they wouldn't want to get rid of. What an interesting business model. You pay players that are good. <laughs> yeah, so I eventually found a team that I think would want Valanciunas and Iguodala. Now, whether or not Iguodala would really want to play there is kind of... Because he wants to be for a contender. He, he wants to try and win a championship, is what he's been saying. Yeah, it's not really a, it's not a contender. I'll just flat out say that, but it is a team that's fighting to be in the Western Conference playoffs, and that's the Sacramento Kings. Ooh, I love the Kings. At the ver- I would love to see that. At the very least, I think Valanchunas would be a good fit for them if Iguodala just said, no, I don't want to go there. Interesting. Because, let me, let me take a look at, I mean, they don't really have a true starting center. So, I mean, you look at... Are they starting, is Bagley playing at center or is he a power forward? Bagley's been out all year. He's still out. He's only played in five. Still out. Only played in five games this Damn. year. Okay. Uh, so I mean, they're giving 15 minutes a game to Dwayne Dedman, who's god awful. He's one of their bigs. I think they're technically starting Rashawn Holmes at center right now, and he's been solid. 12 points, eight rebounds, a block, a steal. He's been efficient. He can knock down a three here and there. But I think they would definitely take the upgrade to Valanciunas because Holmes is kind of a string bean, and they don't really have anybody to deal with like anybody on the interior. So, like, I kind of got into the trade machine and looked at some stuff. Who could they get? And uh, the Grizz, uh, what would work? Uh, Valanchunas and Jay Crowder for uh, Deadman and Trevor Ariza would work. And then maybe the Kings throw it. Obviously, the Kings would have to throw in some picks because Deadman and Ariza are negative assets. Wait, but, is Iguodala go too, or is Iguodala still staying? Uh, I was thinking Iguodala stays just because I don't gotcha. think he would want to play for Sacramento just because they don't actually have a chance to win anything. So, yeah. Are you thinking Pedro Stojakovic might also get moved in this trade? Yeah, Ooh. I was definitely thinking that. Okay. Bold. The Kings have been really using him a lot this year. So. It's weird. I was just thinking about Pedro the other day. Because somebody <laughs> brought him up as like a guy who would have like thrived in today's like NBA. Yeah. Like he was really good back in his day. But like imagine him now with us just raining threes at, without like thinking about it all. Like he was shooting seven threes a game as an almost seven foot tall guy back in the early 2000s it was unheard of and that that's what he was doing back for sacramento and then the hornets that guy also said fuck beef dude he had his elbow way out there <laughs> i didn't like watching his shoot because it was was so bad i was like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> it took me a second talking about he beef? A vegetarian I'm like is he yeah he's really into pita he really hates like animal cruelty like what are we talking about here no nah, but if if Peja had come into the league 10 years later, 15 years later, man, that would have been something. Let's do, we should do a podcast about that one day where we pick players that we would like to see in different like time periods. Like pick our starting five of, I don't know, players from the 2000s that should be in now or players that play now that would be better 25 years ago or something. But thank you for the update. Let's get in the Christmas season, boys. And we can stick with our teams. Do you guys have gifts you'd like to give your teams as we're coming close to the Christmas season. I know there's oh, something on my Christmas. I got the list. best gift for the Warriors or for the Wizards. I'm sorry. What are the Wizards getting for Christmas this year, Matt? They're getting a cloning machine so we can make a couple more Bertans. <laughs> Not Bradley Beal. <laughs> we could just Beal. start five Bertans. <laughs> I think we might win. No, Bradley Beal is putting up good numbers, but his percentages are not great. I'm going to be real with you. You think he could run one Bradley Beal and four Bertans out there? Yeah, I think that's probably our best lineup. I think we're going to need to run four Bertans. And one Beal as a ball handler would be good. <laughs> They're all yeah, Beal, Beal's, 
Beal was doing really well for a while, even his percentages were good, but he's definitely been like wearing. I mean, down. he's no Davis Bertans. We can all agree on that. So, because they don't have anybody else that can actually like be a competent ball handler. Yeah, like you said, it sucks. Which is so. why bringing my next gift, I would like to give to Davis Bertans the Mamba mentality. <laughs> I just want to see him shoot every time he gets the ball. <laughs> did you see the clip of him and Marcus Morris getting in a fight? And and Davis Bertans not. saying, you a bitch, over and over. Oh, you a I bitch. did see this, yes. <laughs> I want to know what his voice sounds like. I don't know what Davis Bertans sounds like. I need to find an interview of him. I don't know what the Latvian yeah, accent sounds, sounds like. Latvian. I don't know what that, what that accent um, sounds like. And... My third and final gift to wrap my little portion of this up will um I would like to give Isaiah Thomas every amount of money he needs to retire. <laughs> so he will retire. <laughs> Is it a ring? I'll give him that. Fine. Give him the ring. Whatever it takes to make him stop. <laughs> yes. Back to bring trucks up for him. Those are the gifts I would like to give mm. this Christmas season. Merry Christmas to the Wizards. I would like to say the one realistic thing that I would like for my Orlando Magic to get this Christmas. I want to see a man who's not currently playing in the league, an NBA champion. I want J.R. Smith on the Orlando Magic. We need some damn personality on the team. I need somebody fun to watch. We need some three-point shooting. And some cans of soup thrown. We need some soup thrown. We need some tattoos. We need somebody doing something that's exciting. So I think that we need to go out, sign J.R. Smith, bring him out, have him go 0 for 10 a couple games. Then I'll hit four threes a game after that. You just have to time it out. You have to figure out, like, we'll give him a couple games to miss a lot of shots, do some dumb shit, throw some soup, take a couple games off. But when, oh, we're playing the Lakers that week, we want J.R. Smith out there because he'll go 7 for 7 from 3, have 21 points. But next game, he's going to go 0 for 12. So you got to balance it out. But I really would love to see J.R. Smith back on the Orlando Magic. The pinstripes looking sweet. So... That's my that's my Christmas present to my team. You just got to keep him away from that chicken tortilla soup. Matt, do you remember who he threw the soup at? Um, yeah. More importantly, J.R. Smith weaponized soup that was made by none other than my future brother-in-law. This is not real. Zachary oh. Nyford. Shout out Zachary Nyford. He Nyford's, made the soup? Who um, cooks. He's a chef for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's a chef for the restaurant that the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers have hired to supply food. The food was then weaponized towards uh, my favorite player of all time, maybe second favorite, Damon Jones. I'm going to say Steve Nash is rolling over in his grave. (laughs) Yeah, I give him number one still, don't worry. Damon Jones is number two. I do have some presents I'd like to give to the rest of the league, but do you have any presents you want to give your team, Derek? Uh, I didn't choose anything for my team. My team's doing great. Okay, okay, my, okay, cool. You have a fun team. We get it. <laughs> What's your first Christmas present that you'd like to give somebody in the league or a team or whatever you want to do, Derek? I thought of two right off the bat and then struggled to think of my third. So I, I kind of put it out there on Twitter. I got a couple replies, uh, but my brother-in-law, also named Zach. Uh, <laughs> Shout out, Zach. But uh, he, he, sent, he sent me some that kind of... Use the other ones that I already had too. So Ben Simmons gets a jumper. Dion Waiters gets an edible. Kawhi gets a personality. Dwight meets a nice man. D Rose gets new knees. KD gets a barber. And Lonzo gets a new dad. Uh, those those did not quite make my cut. Uh, but I'm going to go with my low-hanging fruit first. The first one I thought of. Uh, I'm going to give Kyrie Irving a globe. 
Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm just trying. Kind I'm gift. just trying to educate. You're a teacher at heart. That's what we really care about. Yeah, yeah. just care about educating the youth. Let's take turns, Derek. I'm gonna. I want to say mine next, and we'll just go back and forth. Deal. Okay. Yep. Deal. My very first one is a little low hanging fruit. I've talked about this guy on the on the uh, podcast before. I'm not a big fan of him. I'd like to give Nikola Jokic a Planet Fitness black card. Only cost twenty two ninety nine a month. Only have to put one dollar down. <laughs> Let me stop locate. you right there. Let me go stop ahead. you right there, pal. <laughs> Buddy, pal. Okay. Because I because I already got Nikola Jokic a year long membership to Curves. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, did you really? <laughs> well, so it's in agreement on the Jump 95 pod that Nikola Jokic needs to go he to the needs, gym. He's a little Well, here's round. the thing. He's a little he's a little too much You guys Barkley. know what the um what the name of the center that the, the Nuggets play in? It's not the Planet Fitness Center, is it? No, no, no. It's the Pepsi Center. And if you know anything about Nikola Jokic, is he has a history back when he was a kid, he used to drink 3 liters of Pepsi a day. I think that's the main cause is he can't be trusted at the gyms actually at the center. He needs to get off off campus. He needs to go. I found a Planet Fitness. There's one eight minutes down the road, 1.2 miles from the center. He can get out. He can bring a friend. You've he gets done it. as much research as Derek does into stats. This into is giving this, this guy is my specialty. gym membership. He can bring a friend every time, unlimited friends. He gets a discount, 20% off. So, drinks so the from whole the- team can go. Yeah, he get hydro massage. He can get a tanning bed. Nikola Jokic doesn't have an Instagram. Maybe he can get an Instagram, start posting some gym selfies, start smiling more. I just think he needs to get out of the Pepsi Center, out of that dangerous place, and get some workouts in. So uh, we can agree on that, Derek. That Jokic just gotta he's gotta work on the bod. Yeah, I think I even said last week that like he just he didn't look like he was in shape. Like he's shoot he was shooting like under twenty five percent on threes for like the first two months of the season. Like 15, 10, and 5, like, I, I think I even read off, like, a list of you guys that, like, only a couple guys have done that, and they're all all-time greats. But, like, he just wasn't playing as well as he had in, like, the year before, especially in the playoffs. But since since the calendar turned over to December, he's averaging 20 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, and over 50% from the floor, and over and 34% on three-point pointers. So he has kind of turned the corner. The Nuggets still aren't playing as well as I thought they would, but like every time I look at the standings, I think they're tied for the second seed right now in the West at 18 and 8. So just imagine if he was going to curves three times a week and Planet Fitness two other times a week. But the Nuggets Nuggets would be the one seed guaranteed. Uh, they were last year. Yeah. What else you give him for Christmas this year, Santa Claus? Well, I already told you my second one was the curves oh, yeah. membership. It was the curves one. <laughs> so I guess we'll just bounce back to you. Okay. I'll let you do two in a row because I only have one left now. So we are going to do our pick for the Christmas games. And one of the, I think the the middle game is is so boring. It's the Rockets versus Warriors. Uh, for Christmas, I would like, I would like all um, unofficial rules that exist in the NBA to disappear. So basically, I want to see James Harden play 48 minutes that game. I want him to go for 100 points. I don't want him to rest. I want him to shoot 46 three-pointers. And then I just want him to take the rest of the week off, like take the rest of 2019 off. But I think that could make that game worth it because we have the Celtics Raptors, which is fun. We have the Bucks Sixers. And then we have the Rockets Warriors, which would have been fun last year and it has the years before, but the Warriors is complete garbage. So if we can give us something worth watching in the middle of the Christmas day, James Harden trying to score 100 points, then that's what I would prefer to watch this year. 
Okay, so my final gift that I'm getting someone kind of along the same track is the Jokic one. I'm uh, getting Zion Williamson a Peloton wow. bike. That was my original Jokic gift was going to be a Peloton bike. Well, Zion's getting it now because that could, just got to shed a few LBs so, so he can get man. on the court and stay on the court. We just want to watch. We just want to watch the dude play and like pick. I just want to. Yeah, watch I just want to see him pick quarters off the top of the backboard and like have crazy blocks that go into the fourth row and take out like. Yeah. A small child or something, and then like dunk yeah. on an entire team. Come on, fly through the air with the same attitude LeBron does, but then do yes. the damage to the crowd that Shaquille O'Neal does. First couple rows, it'll be beautiful. Yeah. So Peloton bike for Zion Williamson. Yeah. Hayden, what is your final Christmas gift? What is the last gift of Christmas? Last gift of Christmas. It's not like I said earlier. I want to see the. The Suns versus Clippers earlier. And the Suns brought back DeAndre Ayton, who had not been playing for a while because he was apparently doing steroids. Allegedly. 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 Covering our bases. Um, Allegedly. Side note, he does look like he's 74 years old. So I don't know if that's an effect of steroids, whatever. But I would like to go back to the year 2018. And I would love to give the Phoenix Suns a chance to redo their draft because they passed up on Luka Doncic. They passed up on Trey Young and passed up on even Marvin Bagley, all players that I would much rather have over DeAndre Ayton. Um, I want to go back, give them a chance to shake things up because they, if they could pair Doncic with, uh, with Luka, I'm sorry, Doncic with <laughs> Doncic. You could pair his first name with his last name. You would have the whole guy. It'd be good. If they could put Booker with Luka or Booker with Trey Young. I think they'd be a much better fit. But DeAndre Ayton, the number one picks the last couple years, I don't know, man. I, I'd much rather have the second or third pick. So well, I mean, I'd mean, i like to redo that. He's in such a tough spot because it's not like he's been bad. Like, he's been really good if, like, Luka wasn't picked right after. Yeah. Or because, even Trey Young. I'd much rather have Trey Young over DeAndre Ayton at this point. I'm I'm iffy on that. No, I'm iffy on that. No, Trey Young no. plays oh, no. De- Trey Young's fans. Trey Young is the like statistically like the worst defender in the NBA. Like oh, it's gonna and boy. need I remind you, Melo's in the NBA. Yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be tough to be a legitimate like contender with Trey Young on your team just because of that defense. Like even Steve Nash was able to become a passable defender in his prime. Yeah, but I, th- I think the the problem the Hawks are dealing with is that nobody knows how to score on the team besides Trey Young's, which is why he's chucking up 30 shots a game and he's not playing any defense. But I think the Suns could get a redo. I was watching DeAndre and he has this weird habit of just turning around and doing little like like 10 foot hook shots instead of backing his little his big booty back and trying to actually get a dunk or a layup. He's just like turns around, drops the ball in, and he was like. He was making some of them, but he wasn't making others. And it was like, if you would just get four foot closer to the rim, you had a much better chance of making these shots. So. He's played 73 career games. He's averaging 16.4 points, 10.3 rebounds on 58.4% shooting and one block. So, I mean, he's not a great interior defender either. So that's kind of like the knock on him that it, like he's just a scorer and he hasn't really moved out to the three point line yet, even though he did a little bit of that at Arizona. But the only two guys I would take over him at that number one spot right now are uh, Luca, obviously, and then Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, I forgot Jaron was fourth, right? Yes, that sounds right. I think or, yeah, I think any of those guys would have been a better pick, but the Suns want the re- the really safe pick that was supposed to be the obvious pick, and not looking like that to me. So. I'm I'm not a big Bagley guy. 
Not a Bagley fan. You're you're a Bam fam, Bam fan, not a Bam, Bam fan. fam. Merry Christmas to all the NBA guys. We have we've been doing our pickums. We have been trying to understand what pluses and minuses mean when you are. Uh, I think that's just you, buddy. <laughs> we're trying to figure out <laughs> how the pickums are going. <laughs> Uh, Derek, I'll let you lead this segment and explain it very slowly to people. So just so everybody could understand, like if anybody's having a hard time following, just so they could understand. I mean, I, I get it. We all get it, but other people might not. So yeah, but explain it like Hayden doesn't get it. Like, let's like, pretend. I mean, if somebody wouldn't get it. Yeah. Okay. I, I think since we are doing the entire Christmas day slate, let's just go through one game at a time instead of trying to make you guys remember all five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. I think I have them in order of what time each game's going to be on. And okay. uh, the first game, I believe, is the Boston Celtics at the Toronto Raptors. And the Raptors minus three and a half points, which gotcha. means that the Raptors are favored to win by at least three points. We all know that. Yeah, of course. And my pick is the Celtics for that. Matt's pick will also be the Celtics. Well, my pick is going to be the Celtics too. We'll st- I'll go all three. But if we have another another all three, I'm going to have to swerve. We have five games. It's going to be fine, even if there's two that we're all the same on. Okay. So the second game on the slate. This this one I'm kind of a little bit excited about, and it's the Milwaukee Bucks playing in Philadelphia against the Sixers. Uh, the Sixers, who were just handed their first home loss to the Heat, uh, you mentioned that earlier. Uh, they are favored. By four and a half points, so it's Sixers minus four and a half, and my pick is actually the Milwaukee Bucks. I think Sixers are going to take their second home loss of the season. I think there's one team in this league that can stop the Bucks, and that's the Lakers. I'm going to also take Bucks this this game. Oh shit! All right, I'm swerving. Give me the Sixers. That's going to go Bucks. Uh, excellent, but I don't have excellent. I, I, He's a game up on both of us, isn't he? Bring it on, I believe boys. he is. Bring it on, boys. <laughs> Okay, third game on the slate. Rockets at Warriors. This is the one you're talking about where I don't think anybody thought the Warriors were going to be this bad when the season started. Yes. Uh, so even though the Rockets are on the road, uh, they are favored by 10 and a half points. <laughs> and I'm taking the Rockets. Matt? 10 and a half points. <laughs> yeah. Can, can we get within 10 and a half? Yeah, you know what? I'll take the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, buddy. There it is. I will not take the Golden State Warriors. I'm going Rockets. <laughs> Hayden, was like, oh. Hayden was sitting there, please, please don't, don't take make the me Rockets. do it again. Nobody could foresee what the Rockets are about to do to the Warriors. Yeah. I, I could legitimately see this game being like 160 to 100. Yes. I could, yeah, I could see like a 140 to 79 kind of game. Okay. Uh, next game on the slate, second to last one, uh, probably the, the highlight game of the, of the day, and it's uh, Clippers at Lakers, so technically the Lakers are the home team, even though they play in the same arena, yep. and the Lakers are favored by one and a half points, so Lakers minus one and a half. I'm going Clip Show. Ooh. I'm going Lake Show. I'm going Lake Lakers as well. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And, and, then, uh, and then the final game of the night. Uh, kind of uh, anticlimactic after yeah. Clippers and Lakers come off the air, but it's uh, the Pelicans at Denver and the Nuggets 
are favored by nine and a half points. So Nuggets minus nine and a half. I'm going with the Nuggets. Interesting. Matt? Oh, they've I've wanted the Nuggets to be better than they are. But I still think they'll take the Pelicans by more than nine points. I'm going to also go with the Nuggets. All right. You know what that means. I'm going the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans. Maybe maybe Zion will come back. We'll see. (laughs) Did you know that the Nuggets are giving up the least amount of points per game in the NBA? By like, oh no, uh, yeah. I thought the Magic were doing that at some point. No, fairly significant margin too. Uh, Looks like the the Pacers and the Sixers. Oh, Celtics are at 104 points per game, Uh, but the Nuggets are at 101.8. Yeah, they'll they'll probably beat the Pelicans by a lot, but. I got to swerve. I got to go Pelicans on this one. Now, Denver does move a little slower. So, I mean, points per game isn't really a great defensive metric. Usually want to go on a per possession basis, which defensive rating does. But they're still up there. Common knowledge. Common to every single person that knows exactly how gambling works and the spreads and things like that. Good week. Good week, boys. Great episode. Uh, Derek, do you have another update on on our relationship? What was that kid's name again? Oh, Fenwick. Fenwick. Uh, That's Fenwick. Well, I, I, they, they made it through the week as far as I know, and uh, I'm not going to see him again until January 6th. So, Oh, man, we have to wait until January 6th for an update? Yeah. Got to hold strong. Got to hold Come strong. On, Fenwick. You can do holiday. it, buddy. Merry Christmas to you and your, your lovely lady. I think we should uh, keep David Stern in our thoughts and prayers. David Stern yeah, with the brain hemorrhage. It's crazy. He's not doing well. Hopefully that'd be good news. Yeah, Merry Christmas to all you listeners. Give a shout out to Mike Schaefer, like always. Got to wrap it up with a Mike Schaefer shout out. Um, shout out, Mike Schaefer. Happy Festivus. Happy Festivus to everybody. Merry Christmas to you, Derek and Matt. Thanks for being our Jump 95 uh, co-host. And also with you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Jump 95 Podcast. You can follow Derek. What's your Twitter handle? At Jump 95 Derek. I just made Nat jump 95 Hayden, though I have not tweeted yet. I don't really know how to use Twitter. Matt is still uh, using his real name, but we'll set him up a jump 95 Matt this week. So we can all have our own 95 jump podcast Twitters. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Peace. I don't (laughs) like you anymore. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a Happy New Year.